Hey, welcome along to our 100th show. I never thought we'd have a 100th show because this thing was just a divertissement to stop me going stir-crazy with the cabin fever way back during the 15 days to flatten the curve all those years ago. Today, I'm going to reprise a few moments from our very first show and reflect on where we stand now Uh, One year, three years, two decades later, whatever it is, I've given up making the scratches on the wall. I lost count somewhere uh, way back last May or whatever it is. So to play us in, as they have done on 12 months of shows since, here's Kevin and the band and our dowdy announcer on the very first audio edition of The Mark Stein Show. It's the Mark Stein Show. And now, here's Mark. How are you enjoying the self-isolating, the quarantine, the curfew, the house arrest? Whatever you call it, I'm a wearying of it already. And so just to keep myself from hurling myself into the lake, I thought I'd retool our show as an audio almanac for these contagious times. We'll bring you my coronavirus update and then move on to a few jollier things and circle back to the topic du jour as uh, indeed the killer virus has a habit of circling back. Whoa, whoa, did you notice that? Am I the hipster of hipsters, the setter of trends, or what? The first minute of our very first show, and I was circling back before circling back was cool, or at any rate ubiquitous. From the Dantean circles of the White House briefing room, Miss Jen Saki. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you. And we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Round like a circle in a spiral. Like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel. Like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon. Like a carousel that's turning, running rings around the moon. Like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face. And the world is like an apple whirling silently in space. For the answers that you lack in the circles of your back. Like a tunnel that you follow. To a tunnel of its own Down a hollow to a cavern Where the sun has never shone Here we are a year later Stuck in the hollow of a cavern Where the sun has never shone As I said on that very first show The virus has a habit of circling back And so with the exception of Florida and Estonia And one or two other places We are all circling back 
now and forever. Ooh, ooh, let's come out of lockdown just for a bit. Oh, bad luck. Here comes the third wave, fifth wave, twelfth wave, circling back. Got to return to lockdown, but maybe in a month or three. Oh, no, here comes the UK strain, the South African variant, the South African strain of the UK variant of the Azerbaijani strain round and round, like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel. As a result, the laughably named free world staggers on two steps forward, three steps back, permanently hobbled. Our economies compete with one arm and both legs tied behind their backs. Our liberties are conditional, licensed on a week-to-week basis. This is the first global public health emergency created and entirely managed by the Chinese Politburo. The virus is made in China. The masks are made in China. The anal swabs are made in China. COVID-22 is being made in China, even as we speak. So our choice of theme tune uh, for this last year wasn't too difficult. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1, March 25th, 2020. Maestro. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once more unto the breach. Everybody was Kung Flu fighting. Those stats climbed fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Chai comes of expert timing. There were funky Chinamen from funky Wuhan town. They were chopping bats up. They were chowing them down. It's an ancient Chinese dish And everybody says delish Chairman Z will book your flight You'll be in Italy tonight And everybody starts Kung flu spreading It's at your sister's wedding It's in Prince Charles's bedding And ISIS next beheading there was funky Dr. Tetras from the funky WHO. He said, she is the big boss. I gotta blow. So when we try and take a stab, and if it came out of the lab, you know we're gonna draw a blank. Cause we are totally in the tank and everybody starts anal swabbing. Just shout that thing a bobbing. Your skull went down the tubes Your home like all the roots Just playing with Rubik's cubes And working on your moves And they're still Kung Fu fighting Achoo, 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 achoo Okay, okay, that's enough of that. That's our 100th show version of Kung Flu Fighting. Looks like we're going to be singing it a while yet. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1, 
March 25th, 2020. Ever since Simon Ledger was arrested for racism for singing Kung Fu Fighting, I've made a point of singing it on stage everywhere from Toronto, Ontario, to Brisbane in Queensland, uh, to Mansfield, Ohio, and a few other places. If I'd had to pick the hill for Western civilization to die on, it wouldn't have been Kung Fu Fighting. But that's the point. We don't get to pick. And it's one thing to make Kung Fu fighting the microaggression of the day when nothing in particular is happening. It's quite another to obsess over it when there's a huge, big macroaggression slaughtering its way around the planet. At that point, it becomes necessary to shove the Kung Flu back down the loser media's gullet until they choke on it. And that is what we intend to do. Uh, It's also necessary to remember not just that China started this thing, but also that China was only able to spread it everywhere around the planet because of the West's decision to outsource its entire manufacturing to a communist dictatorship and provide them with the only economically viable form of communism anyone has ever devised. That was the single worst strategic decision of the last half century. Uh, That's the Chamber of Commerce cheap labor rights contribution to this disaster. The left's contribution is its entire agenda, from globalism and open borders uh, to multi-use grocery bags uh, spreading infection back into the supermarkets. If we're to survive this thing, we need to be thinking right now about what has to change when it's over, because otherwise we won't survive the next one. 99 shows later, it's not clear to me we're going to survive this one. Whatever the origin of this virus, the weaponization of it against the planet was a conscious choice by the Chinese Politburo, and thus an act of war for which the Chaikom should pay. Will they? Ha! Even on our first show, it was clear that almost everyone who matters was anxious to blame the Wu flu on anyone or anything other than the people responsible. That dreary post-Catholic social justice suck-up in the Vatican, for example, had no doubt where to point the finger. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1. Pope Francis says the coronavirus is, quote, nature throwing a tantrum in order to get us to be environmentally responsible and focus on climate change. Growing so sleepy. (sighs) Because what's needed at times like this is a social justice pontiff fiddling while Rome dies. Uh, Whoops, sorry. What's needed at times like this is something that, if not quite a contradiction in terms is certainly extremely rare. An innovative bureaucracy. The CDC, the FDA and FEMA are basically single-purpose bureaucracies that have expanded their missions to drivel uh, at the expense of their core responsibility. As a result, they're nowhere where they should be uh, this far into this thing. Uh, Meanwhile, Didier Raoult, the French microbiologist who heads the research unit Uh, in Infectious and Tropical Emergent Diseases in Marseille, is the guy who took a bottle of hydroxychloroquine, mixed it with uh, azithromycin, and gave it to 24 patients who tested positive for COVID-19. Six days later, 18 of them tested negative. 
I'd I'd be interested to see if we could do that elsewhere uh, around the world, particularly in my own uh, neck of the woods in America. But I'm not sure it's even legal to do that here. And that's before the media decided to blame Trump for some guy drinking his fish tank cleaner. Hmm, 99 shows later, whatever happened to hydroxychloroquine? A year ago, Didier Raoult was a very distinguished man, officier of the Légion d'honneur, commander of the National Order of Merit, but ever since Trump talked up hydroxychloroquine, poor old Monsieur Raoult has been the subject of official complaints from France's Order of Physicians, and the Society of Infectious Pathology. As for Pope Francis and climate change, this last year is best understood as a trial run for what the climate mullers would like to do to us. The Guardian has already said that if we do ever come totally out of lockdown, we should go back into it every two years to reduce our carbon footprint. Fortunately for the world, the evil Trump is now gone and Joe Biden is on top of the situation. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1. When they're not demanding more abortions and funding for the Kennedy Center, what are the Democrats contributing to this debate? Let's check in with the president-in-waiting, Joe Biden, on tip-top form. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. No matter what. We know what has to be done. Let's run that again, Mr. President-to-be. Quote, we have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse, no matter what. No matter what. Gotcha. 99 shows later, in some bizarre way, old Joe may have been onto something there. The more tests we have, the more therapeutics we have, the more vaccines we have the more the, quote, problem seems to have embedded itself as a permanent feature of life. Joe Biden is without question the greatest beneficiary of lockdown this side of the Chinese Politburo. And after six months holed up in his basement with tapioca, applesauce and Andy Griffith reruns, even the penetrating insight that the cure would make the problem worse was beyond poor old Joe. At a rally in Michigan on Saturday, Biden muddied the waters for the very first time. He announced his support for something called Car. In fact, he said it's a fundamental human right. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad health care. Got that? It's a right for people to have bad care. And if you don't have bad care soon, Joe Biden will make sure that you do. That's his pledge to you. But giving every American isn't easy. Joe Biden knows that. So he's going to mobilize a pressure campaign to get it done. What kind of campaign to get? (laughs) Joe Biden has thought a lot about it. Here's his solution. Look, I'll do what he's unable to do. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Joe Biden's going to do that. Donald Trump can do that. Donald Trump can't even pronounce. <laughs> but Joe Biden can. Listen again. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Yeah, he'll lead an effective strategy to do that, whatever it is. 
Now, if you were a closed caption writer trying to follow along, you would just brush right past it with the word unintelligible. When we're confronted with the word unintelligible, and we essentially don't know what the hell he's talking about, we know exactly who to turn to. And that is the best translator in English. Our expert <laughs> on that subject, best-selling author Mark Stein. Mark Stein, thanks for joining us tonight. What does any of that mean? Do you know? I agree. Trump has dropped the ball on Bader Kafka. He's completely, he's got nothing to say about Bader Kafka. Yeah. Well, I think you make a snarf Karani point. You really do. Mm. It's connected to the intake mm. valve, obviously. Mm. Yeah. We both knew oh, that. Oh, well, who am I, uh, Tucker? No, that's, yeah. Yeah, I think. Mm. It's, I feel I feel mean doing mm. this. Poor guy. Why does his wife let him run? Uh, We're washing a brush uh, up. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Stein. It's good. To, it's great to see you. Oh. Well, the joke was on us. Now is the bad Kafka of a true nanasha. Except for a brief stint as a busboy at the Westbury Hotel in Toronto, now demolished, and as a clerk at Lightman's newsstand on Adelaide, between Bay and Young, happy times, the great pianist Glenn Gould was one of our customers, and actually quite chatty. Uh, except for the Westbury and Lightman's, I've been self-employed my entire life, so I've always thought I travelled quite light manpower-wise, and I didn't realize how much of a support team I'd acquired until the COVID came along. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1. Uh, one of the saddest aspects of the present situation is that things you take for granted are now suddenly dangerous activities. As you know, if you've seen me in the flesh, it takes hours and hours on the slab to get me ready for television, and I'm entirely reliant on my hair and makeup artists, and they're now both high-risk professions because their work is close up and, uh, and literally in your face. So the hair and makeup departments across the country, across America and across much of the world, have been stood down for the duration, as you'll know if you've taking a look at your favorite telepersonality in the last couple of days. And that makes me uh, sad. Gray skies are gonna clear up, put on a happy face. Brush off the clouds and cheer up, put on a happy face. Take off the gloomy mask of tragedy, it's not your style. You look so good that you'll be glad you decided to smile. 99 shows later, it still makes me sad. TV ladies who used to look fabulous now look uh, kind of okay-ish, as long as they're lit sensitively and your flat screen isn't too big, mentioning no names. And the guests Skyping it in from their basements are sallow and greasy with the light from the computer screen highlighting the blackhead and the nose hairs. Here at our modest operation, we kept our makeup department on the payroll during my many months off television uh, last spring and summer, but the big guys in New York and so forth didn't. Many telly stars are now making themselves up, and many networks have entirely eliminated makeup for guests, uh, because no corporation wants to be responsible for exposing a former deputy assistant under Secretary of Defense to the COVID. While I was... Uh, Hosting Tucker a few weeks back, we had a guest pull out halfway through the show 
uh, because he'd driven to the remote studio he was supposed to be doing it from and didn't like the look of the joint, hygiene protocols-wise. Uh, so I had to fill with some third-rate Stein blather to plug the hole where an incisive expert should have been. And I know people don't think of it as a critical industry, but the makeup biz has been decimated by the last year. Ladies who used to make up A-list stars are now sitting at home waiting for a gig to, you know, do a wedding. But weddings, if permitted at all, are reduced to bridegroom, couple of witnesses. So there's no big bridal party to make up. I haven't been in New York for a year and it's so dead I wonder if I'll ever go again. But I miss my longtime hair and makeup ladies in the big town, uh, Vincenza and Cindy and... Uh, Julie in Toronto. And to be honest, I watch less telly than I used to because I find all these YouTube boxes a bit hard uh, to watch for prolonged periods. On The Five the other day, Jesse Waters was asked if he'd ever pull a Piers Morgan and storm off the set, as Piers did the other day. And Jesse replied that he'd like to storm off the set, but he didn't have a set to storm off of because he was doing the show from the back of a van parked out in the street. Years ago, I called at the home of an actress friend to take her to brunch. And I rang the doorbell and she called down from upstairs. Give me 10 minutes. I haven't got my face on. And now in the real world, everybody's masked. And in the magical fantasy of Tellyland, no one's got their face on. Just put on a happy face. Our first show offered all the things we've offered since in pretty much the same order. Song of the Week, Mark's Mailbox, Last Call. I'm not sure, to be honest, if I'd ever heard the word Wuhan until late 2019. I'd certainly never mentioned it in any column or any show. But Wuhan has a population of 11 million people. That's significantly more than New York or London. And it turns out that among that 11 million, one can find members of the Mark Stein Club. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1, March 25th, 2020. Oh, you know what this music means. Mark's Mailbox. Mark's Mailbox. We've done this every which way over the years. We've done it in print, in video, uh, in audio. And uh, I've had readers, listeners, viewers all over the world in all the time we've been doing this. I didn't realize uh, that we have a few in Wuhan. Not many, but a very select number, uh, including a first-day founding member of the Mark Stein Club, David Kelly Wood. And David writes... I live in Wuhan and have been either quarantined or self-quarantined since around January 10th, as I had a cold before the formal quarantine was implemented. So I'm looking forward to things getting back to, quote, normal, unquote, although it remains to be seen what that means exactly. But because my relatives are all in the U.S., mostly Minnesota and Texas, I'm angry at the attitude of some of the Chinese, and especially the leadership, they're a little like the crappy driver who causes a devastating multi-vehicle pileup but manages to escape from it unscathed and then has the gall to observe that the ones who suffered may have been following too closely. Uh, that's a, a good way of putting it, David. I hope you're safe 
in Wuhan, and I hope that for you things are getting back to normal. But there's no doubt that China caused a devastating 175 vehicle pileup in terms of the number of countries affected. And in the broader sense, I think, uh, your line about uh, the other, the victims of the crash, uh, suffered because they were following too closely. In a way, uh, all of those 175 countries are following too closely. China is on the verge of becoming the dominant economic power on the planet. It's buying up resources all over the world. Uh, it's turning Africa into a client continent and other parts of the world too. And meanwhile, uh, the fools in the United States particularly, but also in the rest of the West, who outsourced all their manufacturing to China and did so on the basis that they would somehow still uh, retain the upper hand in that relationship are now learning, in fact, that China is the master. Many countries are going to come out of this coronavirus thing weaker. But the worst thing for the planet will be if China comes out of it stronger than ever. And China's pretty confident it can do that. We know there's a three-week period in which 95% of the current infections, around about the time that uh, David was uh, self-quarantining because he had a cold, there was a, a three-week period in, in uh, January, early February, when 95% of the world's infections by this thing could have been prevented if only the Chinese government had been honest. They weren't able to be honest. Then they started a different kind of lie, the one they suckered the Florence mayor and the health commissioners of New York into going along with with their, whatever it was, their Hugger Chinaman program. They made videos, they made propaganda videos to to promote in Italy, encouraging Italian people to hug Chinese people. Italian people did hug Chinese people, and now they're dying in their thousands, and the cemeteries and crematoria can't cope with the dead. China must be astonished at the way respectable news organizations in the United States particularly, are just recycling. I mean, China knows it's got the WHO guy, their Baghdad Bob, He's just a pathetic propagandist and shill for China, but that they've managed to sucker the New York Times and CNN uh, into recycling Chinese propaganda is incredible. This thing began with China. It will end with China, and it has to end with us not doing what David said and following too closely. If if the If the upshot of this virus is that we simply go back to business as usual, then we're no longer a serious civilization and, frankly, we deserve to die. Well, 99 shows later, it's business as usual from China Joe and the swamp creatures now back in the White House. If that doesn't change, then whether or not we deserve to die, we certainly are going to. And now, Stein Online presents Mark Stein's Song of the Week. 
Let's circle back to circling back, like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel. Uh, Windmills of your mind seems a very apt theme for our times, not just for Jen Psaki's daily briefings, but also for the swirling, shifting, mutating Chicom 19 and for the blizzard of lies that officialdom uh, around the Western world imposes ever more brazenly. That song was written by the composer Michel Legrand and the lyricists Alan and Marilyn Bergman. And the only reason Monsieur Legrand met up with Mr. and Mrs. Bergman was because a very famous Hollywood star brought them together from the Stein archives. Here's me and Alan Bergman. Gene Kelly, he was, he was very instrumental in our career. And he loved that song, Nice and Easy. But... I, you know, I play tennis every day. I still do. And I was, there was a place where in the 60s that I played tennis every weekend and Gene was one of the players. And he said to uh, Marilyn and I, uh, um, there's a, I just finished a picture in France and there's a young composer coming over here to do a little work on it with me. Um, and I think you and he could write great things together. I'm going to introduce you to him. And he introduced us to Michel Legrand. Oh, That's how it happened. Right, because of uh, the uh, young girls of... Uh, Rochefort, oh, yeah. 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 That's, uh, and we've been writing with him. That's, that's almost 50 years ago. Then the next year, uh, with the same director, in the heat of the night, marvelous director, Norman Jewison, who really understands the use of songs, not as end titles or anything, but to be part of the fabric of the screenplay. And, and certain songs of ours would never have been written without the images and the words. I mean, uh, Norman Jewison said, I want a song in the Thomas Crown Affair that... Uh, underlines the anxiety the character was feeling after robbing a bank. And, uh, he didn't rob it, but he masterminded the robbery of this right. bank, and he was flying a glider, which is supposed to be a pleasurable thing, and he was very grim and anxious because he didn't know what to do with the money. And so we wrote The Windmills of Your Mind. We would never have written that song without that stimulate, without those things that stimulated us, plus a wonderful melody. Round like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel, like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's turning, running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face. And the world is like an apple, whirling silently in space, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Like a tunnel that you follow to a tunnel of its own, down a hollow to a cavern where the sun has never shone. Like a door that keeps revolving in a half-forgotten dream, or the ripples from a pebble someone tosses in a stream. Like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face, and the world is like an apple whirling.
walking silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind Keys that jingle in your pocket Words that jangle in your head Why did summer go so quickly? Was it something that you said? Lovers walk along the shore And leave their footprints in the sand There's a sound of distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand Pictures hanging in a hallway And a fragment of a song Half-remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong? When you knew that it was over You were suddenly aware That the autumn leaves were turning To the colour of our hair A circle in a spiral A wheel within a wheel Never-ending or beginning On an ever-spinning reel As the images unwind Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind French lyric by uh, Eddie Mane, uh, who... Well, he did uh, the... He translated our lyric. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not... It's not not, It's not as interesting. No. Moulin de Moncoeur is not as interesting. That's right. It's not the windmills of your heart, you know. No, no. And and he was a very uh, successful and... Oh, and very nice man. Yeah. We knew him. Yeah. While we're on the subject of things that got lost in translation, uh, Marilyn described windmills to me as like trying to fall asleep at night, but your brain's too alert and uh, vague, blurry shapes come cascading through and always descending deeper and darker as the circular imagery turns linear. Uh, Quote, like a tunnel that you follow to a tunnel of its own, down a hollow to a cavern where the sun has never shone. Uh, That rhymes in American English, but not in Britannic English. And Noel Harrison, the son of Rex Harrison, was British, and he sang Sean. So Alan and Marilyn corrected him. Uh, Harrison was unimpressed. In the new world, the sun has never shone, but in the old country... The sun has never shone. It's our language, said Harrison. But it's our song, replied the Bergmans. On the record, you can hear who won that one. I'm a purist about rhyme, but I kind of sort of quite like own shone as one of those half rhymes you get in a lot of uh, ancient poetry. Um, At any rate, uh, Noel Harrison was eventually shown how to do it or shone how to do it by his fellow British subject, Dusty Springfield. Round, like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning, on an ever spinning wheel, like a snowball down a mountain, or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's turning, running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes. And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windows of your mind 
of Your Mind was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Song. And on the big night, April 14th, 1969, an old friend was up there on stage. Frank uh, was the one who, on the Oscar show, uh, gave us the Oscar. Now that we've heard all five nominated songs, let's get to the envelope. Which one do you think grabs the Oscar? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, music and lyrics by Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. For Love of Ivy, music by Quincy Jones, lyrics by Bob Russell. Funny Girl, music by Julie Stein, lyrics by Bob Merrill. Star, music by Jimmy Van Heusen, lyrics by Sammy Kahn. The Windmills of Your Mind, music by Michel Legrand, lyrics by Alan and Marilyn Bergman. And as little more we can add to this thing, and the winner is... Michelle Legrand and Alan Marilyn Bergman for the windmills of your mind. He handed it to Marilyn and Marilyn said, oh, it's heavy. <laughs> she almost dropped it. <laughs> I have to say, the Oscars made the right call that night. The Windmills of Your Mind was for its first few years omnipresent. It seemed to be playing in eight out of ten elevators. And when you're on hold for 20 minutes trying to make an appointment with the dentist, uh, all of which tended to get in the way of its value as a song. You need that. My, you know, my mentor was Johnny Mercer, and he, yeah. he always said, "Write to the melody." Right. Write to right. the melody. Writing the lyrics first. We, Marilyn and I, for instance, we fall into metric patterns that are very similar, and that's where the the composer gives you new new metric patterns. Yeah. Different, and that's inspiring. So you don't fall into all that tumpty, tumpty, tumpty. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And we were never in, in windmills, for instance, you know, that first note. Yeah. Round, I mean, yeah. you know. Round like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning 
like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's burning, running rings around the moon, like a clock whose hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face, and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space, like the circles that you find. decades after the Thomas Crown affair, they decided to remake the film. Instead of Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway, it was Pierce Brosnan and René Russo. There were other changes too, including significant ones to the plot. But no one seriously entertained for a moment the idea of changing the song. Windmills of Your Mind, 1999 style, in the hands of another Englishman, not Noel Harrison, but Sting. That's a good record, but not a good film scene. You recall what Alan Bergman said to me about the original director, Norman Jewison, about his understanding of music and song and what they can add to the scene, as opposed to just tacking it onto the closing titles, which is what John McTiernan did with Sting in the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair. If they'd had McTiernan directing in 1968, there would never have been a Windmills of Your Mind, because the mood... The concept, the circular lyric, the descending fifths in the music all derive from the songwriters watching Steve McQueen in that glider scene. Alan and Marilyn Bergman had found something they did utterly brilliantly. And they had also truly found their songwriting voice. Mark Stein's Last Call In this spot all year, we have memorialised the dead of Chicom 19 because if, as Joe Biden pathetically insisted this week, we are now on a war footing, then it is important to remember our war dead and avenge them and to remember that they are victims of a conscious act of war by Chairman Xi. Of all the people we've noted in this space, uh, I think this is the most heartening story. A victory over death and over an incompetent bureaucracy, too. The Mark Stein Show. Against the great toll of the Wu flu, we have the inspiring story from Spain of Brocelia Blanco. Her family was informed that she had died of the COVID on January 13th and that she'd been buried on January 14th. No funeral, because like birthday parties, they're illegal now. Uh, Ten days later, back at the old folks' home in Jovet, where they lived, her widower was sitting, weeping, still mourning the death of his wife when Brocelia Blanco walked in through the door and had no idea why her husband was so upset. It turned out that it had been her roommate at the specialised corona facility who had kicked the bucket, and there'd been a bit of a clerical error. So she's now going to court uh, to get the judge to declare her back from the grave. And if that's my most heartening last call, this one is certainly one of the saddest 
a victim not of the virus, but of the lockdown. The Mark Stein Show. We've been pretty punctilious in our COVID necrology in only including deaths from COVID, but there are what one might call COVID-related deaths, by which I don't mean underlying conditions. Uh, Steve Bing was a wannabe screenwriter. He wrote uh, Kangaroo Jack, if you recall such a thing. Uh, But as a wannabe screenwriter, his writing was mostly appreciated by Hollywood when it was on a large check with at least six zeros on the end. He inherited 600 million bucks from his grandfather when he was a teenager, and he used it to fund films like the animated feature Polar Express and to fund Democrat politicians like the ubiquitous Clintons. To the public... He was best known as the sometimes squeeze of Miss Elizabeth Hurley. On Tuesday morning, Hurley, who shares 18-year-old son Damien with Bing, took to social media to share a few snaps with her ex. She captioned the post, quote, I'm saddened beyond belief that Steve is no longer with us. Our time together was very happy, and although there were some tough times, the memories of a sweet, kind man are what matter. He threw himself out of the window of his 27th floor apartment in Century City because he was severely depressed by the, quote, lack of human contact during quarantine. That's terribly sad. Wealthy beyond the dreams of almost anyone, friend of movie stars and presidents, but dead from the lockdown blues at the age of 55, Steve Bing. Not all the corona-stricken great and good succumb to the Chicom 19. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1. Celebrity virus victim of the day, Clarence House has announced that the Prince of Wales has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, did the Prince get it from uh, Greta Thunberg, who's claiming to have it? Well, he meets a lot of people, and the people he meets meet a lot of people. Dance with a man who's dance with a girl who's dance with a prince of Wales. And that's how it starts. You'll be glad to know His Royal Highness has behaved very responsibly over this. He's been quarantined from his son and daughter-in-law for a year now, ever more socially distant. Okay, one more before we go and get working on our next 100 shows. Talk about a spectacular promotional tie-in. It doesn't get any better than this. At the time I launched this show, our theme tune was a hit in Moldova. Thank you, Moldovan music lovers. The Mark Stein Show, Episode 1, March 25th, 2020. That is almost it for today, except for a brief note with respect to this show's theme tune, which we occasionally get questions about on Fox News. Over the Yuletide season, I said that my version of All I Want for Christmas is You had got to number 37 in Uzbekistan. That wasn't actually true. It was merely a joke. But it is true that just the other day, I was, in fact, number 25 in Moldova, with the song Nine Lives. Honestly, don't ask me why. Eminem was at number one. Lenny Kravitz was at number 20. Yours truly at 25. And that loser, Ed Sheeran, way back at number 30. If you don't know my spectacular Moldovan chart buster, Nine Lives, well, back when I was doing my Cat album with my 
peerless arranger, Kevin Amos. Uh, we were looking for a big track 12 to tie the whole concept together, and we listened to this song and that song and couldn't find anything that quite did the trick. So eventually I said to Kevin, ah, to hell with it, let's write it ourselves, which we did. And that's the version that's a big smasheroo in Moldova uh, for some reason. But a year or two later, we were trying to find a piece of music to use as the theme tune for the Mark Stein show. And we tried this and we tried that. And again, nothing quite did the trick. So again, I said to Kevin, ah, to hell with it. Let's use nine lives. So we did. And that's the music you're about to hear conducted by Kevin and played by our marvellous band. But you won't hear the vocal uh, that Moldovan groovers are cuckoo for, uh, whose uh, lyrics, like those of Kiss of the Spider Woman, seem vaguely pertinent to these terrible times. Nine bowls of cream, some you drained, some you spilt, and you got to savour every saucer, because there ain't any more, sir, but you live nine lives to the hilt. Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.